0: I don't know about Hillary. Uh, I think, I definitely don't think that she's uh, she's warm and cuddly. I guess, I don't know, the question...
1: By the way, neither does Bill. Yeah. Welcome to You Are The Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about
0: news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com
1: for details. Now here is your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show number 62 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today joins us from Omaha, Nebraska. Will, welcome to You Are the Guest. Hey, thanks for having me. Will, tell our audience about yourself.
0: Well, uh, I am a 25-year-old college dropout. Uh, I do a podcast podcast. Actually, I produce a podcast now uh, called Smart Bomb Radio. It's uh, actually more of a cast thing now, and uh, I also do another podcast called Barfly.
1: And why did you drop out of college?
0: Well, it's one of those things where uh, I was in college and uh, I was I was studying history actually as a history major. And about halfway through, I said, "Hmm, do I want to be a historian? Do I want to teach history? No, not really." Why why can't I just buy these books and read them at home? And that was kinda that was pretty much it.
1: So you got halfway through it and you said, Screw it.
0: Yeah, basically. Uh I'm I'm real good at following through like that.
1: And what do you do with a history major anyways?
0: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't think of any other job where they'd be like, you know, we really need a history major for this. Uh it it doesn't really work out in the business community, I don't think.
1: So what are you doing now? What's your full-time employment?
0: Uh, I work at a job, uh, which is different from a career. It's, I, I mean, I have a day job at a dot-com, and uh, I kind of just do my work, pay my bills. Nothing really exciting, actually.
1: Nothing wrong with that. Much better than stealing cars or selling drugs.
0: Well, actually, I think those pay a little better, but yeah, it's true.
1: They pay a little bit better in the short term.
0: Well, yeah. But you get to meet interesting people afterwards, and that's, you know, I've always been into that.
1: So you're interested in walking around with scumbags.
0: Well, you know, not necessarily touching them, because I have a little bit of OCD. But yeah, you know, meeting scumbags is always interesting.
1: Well, speaking of scumbags, we're going to start talking about politics. Oh, good, good. Here's what I thought we'd do. We'd start off with finding out what you think, and then I'm going to throw in my two cents worth, okay? All right, cool. Okay, here we go. First question, is Iraq another Vietnam?
0: Is Iraq another Vietnam? Yes and no. Um, I, God, I don't like Saddam. I really don't like Saddam, and I'm really, really glad he's out of power however there there do seem to be a lot of parallels with vietnam in terms of how long we're there and how we're we don't seem to be winning the hearts and minds of people now i realize there's a lot of good news that's also not really being reported because it's not you know we built a school isn't a very exciting story but wow I, i really hope we find some way to wrap that up uh Without, without just leaving, because we can't do that. We can't just break it and then be like, oh, see ya sorry, wrecked your country, got to go. Um, boy, I don't know. I, I think a lot of that could have been solved with a sniper rifle, though.
1: I think the whole story around this question, is Iraq another Vietnam? That's a manufactured story by ABC. They were just looking for something to say, we need to talk about something on a slow news day, so uh, let's push this one. But no way is Iraq another Vietnam similarities yeah but you know this this is reaching this is a reaching news story in my opinion
0: i don't think the body count is anywhere near vietnam and also uh one of the issues of vietnam that's very different is that there was a draft during vietnam whereas everyone this is i hate saying this is a horrible horrible thing to say but everyone who is in iraq right now signed up now some of the people signed up for the national card and those people i really do feel sorry for because i don't think they really expected this but um well i feel sorry for everyone who gets hurt there obviously but i i think in vietnam there was more of a you're coming to go fight here and this it's people who signed up so that's not exactly similar
1: and we really did get rid of a bad guy like you said saddam wasn't a big fan of the united states so one guy like that being out of office and into a rat hole is a victory in my book any day.
0: Oh, yeah. Actually, I, I could live with Saddam still being around as long as we got Uday and Kuse because I think they would have ended up ten times worse. Um, I think that they were in the sort of psycho training camp from day one. and I, I think we hadn't seen anything yet uh, in terms of what those two would have been capable of.
1: I agree completely, because that whole family would have been ruling that country and making a lot of problems for a long time to come with this country.
0: Yeah, I'm not one of the people who's like... I wish none of it would have happened, because I think think Saddam has a much higher body count than we do. So far. I mean, you know, who knows?
1: Are we going to find Osama bin Laden?
0: Ah, boy. I... If you would have asked me that four years ago, I'd say absolutely, with as much money and resources. I'm not sure that he's not dead, uh, to be honest. I, I think I think if we do find him, he's going to be a body. I don't think he'll ever go to trial.
1: I think he's alive, and I have to agree with the previous guest that we had on the show that if he was sick or if he got, uh, for example, got thrown off a goat and hit his head and turned into a vegetable somebody would throw a grenade on him and kill him as a martyr at that particular oh, point. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, here's the next question. Do you think the Chinese are halfway committed to the U.N. sanctions on North Korea?
0: Boy, that's a, that's a tough uh, tough choice for them, because on one hand, their growth is seems to be completely dependent right now on Western economies and Western economies aren't really going to stand for the whole North Korea nonsense. But on the other hand, I, I don't know if... I think they almost have to be, because the alternative to sanctions ends up with a large U.S. military presence right at their doorstep.
1: Here's what I think. I think we can trust the Chinese government about as far as we can throw them. So um, are they halfway committed? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I suppose if with the literal phrasing of the question, halfway committed, I could say yes, they are halfway committed, um, but yeah, the other half is reserving the right to change their mind.
1: Next question, what do you think? Is Iran stepping up their nuclear program now that North Korea has done their tests?
0: Hmm. Boy, with Iran, you really never know. Uh, I... I wonder if there's a little bit more bluster there than actual successful program going on. Um, Although I felt that way about North Korea, too, to be fair. Uh, I I think that they're going to do everything they can to get that technology. And uh, I I really, this is one of the points where I kind of wish that the whole Iraq thing hadn't happened. Because Iran and North Korea both seem to be somewhat crazy people. Who may need some sort of military intervention? And man, I wish we wouldn't have spent our credit in Iraq.
1: Yeah, but how how bad would it be if Saddam was still in power and you were going after Iran?
0: That that is true. That is true. Although, boy, yeah, it, God, that's a tough question because anytime it comes into well, if this didn't happen, Saddam would still be in power. It really makes me backpedal because. God knows we don't need that either. But, uh, but
1: you're also a student of history, so you would understand divide and conquer. And to me, oh yeah. that that's exactly what the strategy is, because Iraq is right in the middle. And if you can part between Israel and Iran and divide it down the middle, certainly you've got a strategy for divide and conquer.
0: Yeah, some, some days... When Iran's really, really blustery, I almost want to just have us just take a step back, stop standing between them and Israel, and just say, Okay, fine, say whatever you want. Israel, go ahead. I'm, and I think that would shut them up pretty quick, because really, most days, I think we are the only thing standing between them and Israel.
1: But before, Iraq was standing in their way. Because, yeah, it's because they could. True.
0: It's a, because they could Much easier jaunt now.
1: Exactly, exactly. For example, if Israel wanted the rights to the airspace, they could probably get it. But then you're fighting over Syria, and right now Iran and Syria are partners in crime, and so if you take on one, you probably have to take on the other.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. Boy, that the whole Middle East area right now just feels sort of powder keggy. And I, I'm i as concerned as anybody about the the state of the world right now. It seems to be lining up for some fun times ahead.
1: So have you had any new perspectives with your history background? Does history repeat itself, especially with conflicts in the Middle East?
0: Well, what I find so funny about the Middle East is until we got onto a Sort of petrol-based economy. Uh, the Middle East was really historically, except I mean, except for when you go way, way back. But in you know the past 300, 400 years, it, it all it seems like it was almost quaint. And now it's it's such a bigger issue. And I mean, obviously the whole Israel uh, situation and all the other things. But um, God, I don't think anybody. 200, 300 years ago, well, with the exception of, you know, biblical scholars talking about Megiddo, would have said that that the Middle East, you know, would be the flashpoint for all of the drama in the years coming up. I I, I think without oil, a, a lot of that wouldn't really
1: have happened. Money changes everything. Absolutely. Do you think OPEC is panicking because of falling crude prices? You know,
0: I... I I'm not sure that OPEC is ever really panicking, per se. Um, they, they're s- we're so dependent on them that crude prices are really only going to fall until they say so. I mean, I know that we've found a couple of uh, new reserves, supposedly, that are going are to be a big deal, but it's going to take a long time before we get those fixed up. And we don't even really have the refinery capacity. Uh, so I, I think that I think that the crude price is falling. I, I don't think they like it, but I also think that if they don't like it enough, it's very easy for them to fix that.
1: I think they're having flashbacks to the middle 70s. Do I think they're panicking? I think they're having flashbacks, and for those guys to have a few extra sleepless nights, that's okay with me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm no huge fan of OPEC in general. Um, I, well, I I'm... That's one of the areas I'm fairly conservative on is is, uh, is business practices, so I'm kind of in the Adam Smith camp on that. So yeah, if it, if it makes OPEC a sad panda, that doesn't bother me too
1: much. What do you think is Condoleezza Rice an effective Secretary of State or not?
0: I'm I'm sort of I'm I'm sort of a Condoleezza Rice fan in, in a lot of instances, however. If I had the choice between her and Colin Powell, I would have rather Colin Powell not have sort of gotten burned. Um, I, I think she does a good job, and I, I think she's a really smart lady. Uh, when people talk about, you know, hoping that her and Hillary will debate one day, I think that any intelligent uh, Democrat strategist, to use a uh, limb uh, would not let that happen.
1: So do you think that Condoleezza Rice would mop up the floor with Hillary in a debate?
0: I really do. I think I think Hillary is is very is very well spoken and she's very smart, but uh I don't think she she's quick in terms of uh wit in the way that uh I get the impression of Condoleezza Rice. I, I think that Condoleezza Rice would pull some things uh that would not make Hillary look very good at the last minute. And I don't think that they, those are the sorts of things that can be planned for.
1: Don't you think that Hillary is too cold and too calculating?
0: I don't know about Hillary. Uh, I think I definitely don't think that she's, uh, she's warm and cuddly. I guess, I don't know, the question...
1: By the way, neither does Bill.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, he doesn't. Uh, but the upside is that he was going after women of age which is uh, always a plus in terms of affairs.
1: Well, Uh, of of the ones you know of, I mean, there's probably hundreds that nobody else knows about, except for Bill and... that's true. I don't
0: think he was picky.
1: No, no, and I I think he also probably, you know, had his pick of the litter.
0: Yeah, well, God, you'd hope so. I mean, you'd think that if you get to be president, you could... You could pick more attractive women. I mean, I don't want to go all the way back to making Lewinsky references because that's sort of, you know, morning talk, like morning radio type stuff. But, man, I hope he did better. I hope that was just a crime of convenience and not choice.
1: So if you had to look ahead two more years, who do you think is going to be on the presidential ticket in November 2008?
0: Uh, Well, I... I think I think Hillary will show up somewhere. I don't know that she's necessarily going to be the presidential candidate. She she may be veep. I don't think McCain, even with his recent sort of conservative reemergence, uh, I think he's burned too many bridges. I think that they'll go for somebody who's more of a party loyalist. And I think at at their peril, to be quite honest, um, I don't think people like McCain win nominations.
1: I think some folks need to stop complaining about what President Bush has done and start thinking about who is going to be leading this country in a couple of years from now.
0: Oh, absolutely. And for the, all the people who are so worried about what's going on uh, with, with George Bush in particular, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in a month here, because right now it, it's looking like there's going to be some some changes. And, you know, people give him... You know, they say that he has a rubber stamp now, but a couple seats changing, and that goes away pretty quick.
1: So are the Republicans going to be hurt next month, or is it just wishful thinking by the Democrats?
0: Well, I, sh- I should, uh, this, sh- this is a point where I should really go ahead and uh, sort of full disclosure. I am a strong fiscal conservative and a fairly strong social liberal
1: uh now how does that work
0: well i i really it's it's not libertarian i wouldn't say um because i think that go a little too far for me
1: and it's not political schizophrenia
0: it is a little bit of political schizophrenia i i guess i really don't i don't care really who who gets married and that's it, and and that might be my, my, one of my problems, is I'm an agnostic. I'm not an atheist, because I think saying that you're an atheist means that you have made a decision based on something that you can't possibly really have all the information for, and that's just my opinion. Uh, but so I don't have that religious background that makes me really care that much who's sleeping with who, as long as, you know, it's someone of legal age. Um but, man, the spending that goes on for stuff that I really don't think is it's really the government's place to be to be spending that's the stuff that worries me and to be honest, Bush is not a fiscal conservative uh, he's a social conservative and he's a he's a fiscal liberal I mean he spends a lot of my money on things that I wouldn't necessarily support so I don't think they're going to get their clock cleaned. I think the Democrats are are overly optimistic. Um, but I do think they're going to give up some seats, and we'll see how that goes.
1: I think they'll probably trade a few. But well, it, yeah. It, but in the long run, the Republicans will once again have majority.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't think they're going to lose their majority. I, I think they're going to still have, have the the... Congress, Supreme Court, and the executive branch for another two years. Um, I think the people who are who are like this is going to be a revolution. It's going to all change. Are uh, overestimating uh, some of these scandals, which I mean are are terrible scandals. But just because one guy seems to be wanting to diddle children, does not mean the entire party does. And I think that's a little unfair.
1: Well, you're also a student of history, so you know that these scandals, or scandals similar to, have always been in American history, or always been in American politics.
0: Oh, absolutely. When I hear talk about the, more, the kinder, gentler politics of our founding fathers, it makes me want to gag. If you read some of the, uh, some of the news, newspapers that uh, Jefferson was writing while Adams was still in office, while he was his, his vice president... And still, some of the stuff that, I mean, boy, it was, it's actually a lot more congenial compared to some of the, uh, like, revolutionary politics uh, in the period shortly after that, sort of between the uh, revolution and the uh, Constitutional Convention. Uh, it was just as bad back there, and same with the scandals.
1: Bless you, because I've been thinking about that as, as I've been reviewing a lot of the shows, And sometimes people come on the show or I'll read something on on a forum or something like that, that they're just discovering that the country is as bad as it's ever been. And it's like they don't realize that people in America have always thought that since the country began. There's always been somebody that's unhappy with the country for some reason or another, and they think it's going to hell. Oh,
0: yeah. I think it's gotten a little bit more polarized, but only in relation to, uh, I mean, you know, you, we had this period after 9-11 uh, where everybody was sort of on board and they were all kind of singing kumbaya and hugging, and I think a lot of people forgot the way that it was before. I mean, you know, we were up to impeachment trials, you know, just slightly previous to that, so it, this, it's not new. I think it's gotten... I think it's gotten very bad, but I couldn't really say worse because I think there's been a lot of times in history where it's been just as bad. Hell, I mean, the Civil War, anyone?
1: Yeah, let's um, let's talk about Reconstruction. I mean, the years between when Lincoln was shot and 1900 was some of the most corrupt political years we ever had.
0: Oh, yeah, and there's the, the presidents presidential sex scandals and polit- politician sex scandals and stuff. That's nothing new, the only thing new is that they're being reported on t v yeah oh yeah, on t v also
1: is the economy rolling along, and does that give Democrats one last thing to complain about
0: boy uh i really wanted to reserve judgment on an economic rebound um because you know i I'm always a little bit skeptical because we had a couple of false starts since uh since nine eleven but Things do seem to be coming back. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's if political parties can do a lot to really uh, to really change the economy one way or another. I think the economy is such a such a uh, big, complicated beast that I. I think it's it gives someone a a little bit too much of a sense of self-importance to really one way or the other. Uh, give credit for that but it does seem to be coming back now every time i see gas prices you know at around here they're about two bucks and i'm excited about that it makes me want to kick myself just for a second
1: that's right i was talking to somebody last night about that very same thing is that i've never thought i would be excited by a dollar 95 a gallon gas
0: oh yeah you look at it and you're like wow that's great a dollar 95 and then you're like oh yeah yeah, yeah. It it's a <laughs> But, yeah, people do have a very short memory in terms of a lot of this stuff, I'm finding. <laughs> Me included. I'm no better than anyone else in terms of that.
1: And here's my final question. Are the claims that Paul McCartney beat up his wife true?
0: Oh, uh, wow. I, I hadn't heard about that. Didn't she have cancer? Was that her? Or some sort of horrible disease? Well,
1: that... He- well, Linda McCartney.
0: Oh, his new wife. Right. I have a new wife. Right.
1: Well, he's get, he's getting divorced from the new wife. So now, oh. in that divorce case, she's claiming that he choked her and beat her up.
0: I don't. You know, I, I I couldn't tell you one way or another. I haven't even heard about that. I. God, I hope not because, uh, I I think that would make a crummy song.
1: Hey, if he can live through not choking Yoko Ono, I don't think he's going to beat up Heather Mills.
0: Well, yeah, that's true. I actually, I think, I think there are still people in line to beat up Yoko Ono. Um, and and I think that's actually pardoned. Uh, I think there was a presidential pardon given out. That's just sort of standing. You can pretty much take a swing at Yoko if you want.
1: Number nine, number nine. Okay. Hey, that was question number nine. It's time to play. Ask bill three. This is where Will, I'm gonna turn the microphone over to you and you get to ask me three questions about anything, so fire away.
0: All right. First one, uh the, as promised, what do you like better, ninjas or pirates?
1: Pirates. Arg.
0: Is is that is that because of Pirates of the Caribbean? Are are you a fair weather ninja fan? Have you did you change over or has it always been pirates?
1: Oh you know, I've always liked pirates just mainly because of the fact that they're just oh, a little bit more scruffier
0: okay all right that's fair all right question number two if you could sucker punch one person living or dead this is a favorite question of uh, one of our cast members who would it be
1: osama bin Laden
0: nice that's always a, that's always a good choice
1: uh, that that's politically correct too
0: it, it is politically well unless I mean <laughs> unless you're in the Middle East then Maybe not so much.
1: Well, let's not kid ourselves. Those guys would want to sucker punch us, too.
0: Oh, well, they sort of did, to be honest, in a big way.
1: Good point. What's question number three?
0: Uh, let's see. Question number three. Uh, okay, this is, this is an easy one. Uh, what is, let's, I'll just go, go on. Uh, I think one of your other guests asked you something similar. So uh, what is your favorite band of all time?
1: That's probably a really tough question to answer because I've listened to so much music over my lifetime being in radio and, and also just being a music lover. I probably listened to Boston the most over the last 30 years or so, but probably the last 10 years I've listened to the cult the most. So I'll, I'll, I'll put those two bands out there of those are the ones that I've listened to the most recently and also over the last 30 years how about yourself
0: uh, wow well, i go back and forth right now i'm in a real flogging molly phase uh which is sort of an irish slash punk band it's hard it's, it's hard to describe because it's not real traditional irish music but it's not punk music either um so i would say probably flogging molly right now
1: have you found any independent music through podcasting that you really like
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, Jonathan Colton, who anybody who's listening to this who has a podcast, I really don't have to say much more. Everybody pretty much knows Jonathan Colton. Um, uh, another guy uh, who, it's really just two songs so far that i but I really like is uh, Matthew Ebel, I think, Ebel, E-B-E-A-L, I don't know. Uh, they're both on the Podsafe Music Network, and uh, I've gotten a kick out of both of their songs.
1: I found Patty Hurst Shifter out of North Carolina.
0: Oh, I'll have to check them out.
1: Yeah, very good. I had them on uh, uh, some of my earlier shows this year.
0: That, that's cool. I'll have to check them out. Patty Hurst Shifter.
1: Patty Hurst Shifter. Will, do you want to tell about your podcast and how people can tune in and listen to your show?
0: Absolutely. Uh, for Smart Bomb Radio, which is a storytelling, comedy, and variety show, uh, you can check it out at www.smartbombradio.com. Uh, You can also subscribe via iTunes, and uh, also you can find a lot of the comedy bits from that show on the Podsafe Music Network, and those are all free to play on your uh, podcast. We have a couple of uh, Mac versus PC spoofs and things like that. Uh, Barfly is kind of new. It's flash fiction, and that one's just mine, Uh, and you can find that at barfly.libsyn.com.
1: And I've heard the shows, and I think they're very creative and very funny. So you've you've got my stamp of approval for those two shows. Will, thank you so much for being our guest this week on You Are the Guest.
0: Thanks. It was a lot of fun.
1: If you'd like to be a guest on a future show,
0: just go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com. Submit your first name, the town where you live, and a short description on why you'd make a good guest. There is no charge for being a guest, and you'll have the opportunity to share what you think and how the news and events from today affect your life. The show's producers will contact you by email if you're chosen for a future show.
1: Remember that you can listen to the show every day at Coolcast Radio, And, of course, we always appreciate your subscriptions at iTunes and Yahoo! Podcasts. That concludes this week's edition of You Are the Guest from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa. I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.